book of Genesis uh, chapter 4 tonight. The book of Genesis chapter 4. book of Genesis chapter 4. We're going to begin there in verse 1. And uh, a few things I want to go with you, go over with you tonight. Uh, Genesis chapter 4. We'll begin there in verse 1 here in uh, just a couple of moments. I've entitled this message, Cain's Dark Day. Cain's Dark Day. Genesis chapter 4, and I will begin there in verse 1. Now, it didn't take long. Uh, of course, we haven't got very far uh, in the Bible, you know, from the book of, from the very beginning at this point. Uh, it didn't take long for the devil to wreak as much havoc as possible that he could on this first family. Now, uh, in this first family, we see uh, he had uh, already caused uh, a lot of doubt uh, there with, uh, with Adam and Eve and God. Of course, sin came into the world and they ate the fruit of the tree. And uh, they were uh, cast out of the garden, uh, out of what God had uh, prepared for them and where God had placed them. You know, that's what the devil wants to do is get you out of where God wants you to be. Amen. That's what the devil desires. And so that's what he was able to succeed uh, there doing there with Adam and Eve. And then, of course, uh, his uh, ultimate goal is to, uh, part of his ultimate goal is not only to come between them and God and to uh, get them out of God's, where God desires them to be, but also to... Uh, to destroy the family, and uh, we can see that happening all across the world today. Uh, the devil's been doing that from the very beginning, and so it's not anything new uh, that we see taking place. Uh, Satan has been very busy, even from day one, uh, doing all he could to bring pain and misery. And, of course, even in heaven, uh, we understand that he um, uh, was uh, battling with the Lord uh, there in heaven, and Michael, the archangel, and uh, was cast down, of course, out of heaven, him and a third of the angels there. And um, uh, Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. And, you know, as we look in here in Genesis chapter 4, we can see that uh, as uh, uh, Satan is very busy uh, on this earth, not only then, but even more so now with all the, all the billions of people that we have on this planet, uh, there are uh, lots, of, uh, lots of people at his disposal to try to bring ruin to, to their lives. And so... As we begin here in this verse, uh, there in verse 1, I want us to see some things called Cain's dark day. And what are some things that we can learn about his life that kind of got him in the position that he was in? And what are some things we see that God did? Well, let's take a look at it. And let's begin there in verse 1. The Bible says, And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Verse 2, very important. Uh, describes uh, what these two brothers did. One, Abel, he was the keeper of the sheep. Two, Cain, uh, the firstborn, he was a tiller of the ground. Very important because we'll come back to that here in a little bit. And the Bible says, In process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, uh, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering, but unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth. And his countenance fell. So when we think about Cain's dark day, what are some things that, uh, that we can kind of relate uh, that was going on with Cain inside his heart, inside his mind, even around him spiritually speaking? Of course, we know the devil involved in it. And, you know, the Bible even speaks of the way of Cain, talking about the direction that Cain uh, uh, was going, his ideology, his theology, the, just the direction that he was heading in life and, and what he's all about. And, uh, and the Bible tells us, uh, in essence, really to beware of the way of Cain. Uh, we, can, we can see the very first child that was ever born uh, into this world was the very first one, I guess, you know, that was born in this world was the very first one uh, that, uh, uh, that, uh, that killed his own brother uh, and, and, and was part of, took part in ruining the, uh, the whole family, dividing the whole family. And so, 
how terrible that is. But we can see here one of the very first things we can think about. When we think about Cain's dark day, now, what is it that got Cain going in this way? Why don't, and why does the Bible mention the way of Cain? Uh, in speaking of him, well, I think one of the problems with Cain was was he had a uh, was he had a distorted view of God. That's number one. He had a distorted view of God. And you say, well, what does that mean? What's that all about? Well, uh, for one, one of the problems that Cain one of the problems that Cain had was he got his he got his doctrine and he got his theology all messed up. And it didn't take long, uh, of course, for the devil to do that. Even there in even there in the garden, uh, what is it that the devil did to Eve? He said. God said, I mean, he was bringing doubt on God's work from the very beginning, so it didn't take him long not to also to start working on Cain, getting Cain's doctrine all messed up, getting his theology, getting his theology corrupted, uh, because we see that they both knew, Adam and Eve, they had taught their sons uh, what is it what it is that they needed to do when God made goats of skin and he clothed them, and God taught them they needed to bring a blood sacrifice, and of course that's what, that's why Abel was bringing uh, a blood sacrifice. This is a lamb, the first thing of the flock, like he was taught and told to do, uh, to uh, uh, to uh, for for sin offering. But we see that Abel, uh, along the way, I mean that uh, that Cain, along the way, he didn't want to do that. One of the, he wanted to he wanted to do things his own way. And let me tell you, that is that that is one that is part of uh, really kind of goes along with my first group. Is not only was he uh, distorted in his doctrine, but he was distracted by another way. But first off, distorted by his doctrine, he was for some reason it was like he thought that for some reason like he thought that God would allow uh, a worldly offering to take place over a take place over a blood sacrifice. That was completely false. It's always been about the blood, Amen. It's been about the blood from the very beginning. It's about the blood now, and it'll be about the blood till the very end. It's all about Jesus, what Christ has done. Them looking forward to what Jesus was going to do. Us looking back what Christ has already done. And it'll always be that way. It's always been about the blood. They came uh, who fell prey to the devil, uh, just uh, just like uh, in essence, really kind of like uh, kind of like his mother did. I mean, uh, the devil did everything he could to wreak havoc uh, in uh, into. Uh, um, into Adam and Eve and their family unit, and he was still continuing to avidly work and do everything he could to get inside the family and to to, to destroy the young people, to destroy the kids. And the Bible tells us there, and uh, tells us uh, here in the text that uh, that Abel he was uh, he was doing in essence what he was uh, what he was told to do. He was being obedient. He was trusting God. He was he was bringing the sacrifice that he was supposed to bring. Uh, but we see that along the way there was a distorted view of God that 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 Cain began to have in thinking that he can just kind of uh, do things the way he wanted them to do. So he had a distorted view of God, but he got so distracted by everything else. He got distracted by his own self, for one. I mean, he had his own theology. He had his own God. He knew what was right. He knew what he was supposed to do. It wasn't like he was oblivious to what, uh, to what he was supposed to He knew what he was supposed to do. But he decided that he wanted to do things his own way. He wanted to go in, he wanted to go in his own direction. And so he was distracted, I think, by his own selfish pride. He was distracted by, uh, by the things that he desired to do and that which he loved and that which he cared about. And for whatever reason, thinking that he could, uh, that, that God would accept his doctrinal flaw and bring in the first fruits of the ground, which is, uh, which is, uh, which is not what God had asked for. God asked for the, uh, for blood to be shed. And so that's what, that's what Abel was doing. But we can see from the very beginning, the devil doing everything he can to work in this family and to work on Cain to get him to have a distorted view about who God is, about what God would accept, uh, and, and, 
and about and, and about what he could offer God, and God would be okay with it. And so we can we can kind of see right here, almost like he was maybe kind of hoping that uh, that the Lord would just kind of wink at him and say, "Well, you know, okay." But but to see, God was very specific in that which He desired for them to do, which was to bring a blood sacrifice, because it's always about the blood. But that is not what Cain wanted to do, and so he had a, a distorted view on his theology. And listen, the devil's working on a lot of theology today. He still is. I mean, the devil's working hard on theology today and churches all across America. And I don't need to get out. I don't need to name them all. But God's just work. I mean, the devil's working hard on theology in churches all across America, doing everything he can to bring a distorted view of God and, and to think, well, maybe God will just wink at this. Well, you know, and uh, maybe this is okay. Well, times is changing. Maybe we need to accept this and kind of go on with that. I think I read this week where the Church of England was deciding where I think they they was thinking about whether they was going to uh, to uh, indoctrinate in uh, a theology of uh, of a gender neutral God. The Church of the Church of England was doing that. I think this week. Listen, I'm just telling you that we, we're living in a time, and of course we have been for a long time, but the more we go and the, and, and the longer that we're here, we can see the devil just so so avid in, in making sure that, 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 that doctrine and theology is just all messed up so that people are confused about what the truth is and what it is that God desires from them. And here from the very beginning, I mean, we can see in the first family, the devil wasted no time at all, in the very first family... We can see that Cain had a distorted view of God. His doctrine was messed up. His theology was corrupted. And, and he tried to bring before God uh, an offering that, uh, that God was not pleased with, that God would not accept. And so he had a distorted view of God, but he was distracted by this other way, thinking that, uh, thinking, well, I'll just bring the fruit of the ground. I mean, that's the kind of person that he was. That's what he enjoyed. That's what he liked. The Bible says in the text that Abel, he was a, a keeper of the sheep. But what was uh, but what was Cain? Cain was a tiller of the ground. He enjoyed uh, he enjoyed being a tiller of the ground. He enjoyed that kind of work, and he wanted to bring before God that which he wanted to bring before God, not which God was requiring for them to bring before him. Uh, and so he was distracted by his own self, distracted by his own his own pride so to speak, maybe even his maybe even his uh, his uh, envious heart, jealous of his brother, whatever it could be, but he was distracted by another way. And not only today do we see uh, well, there is a distorted view of who God is today, uh, but, the, but we see that there are so many distractions that the devil has laid across this land and thinking that there is many ways that you can get to heaven and there's not. I mean that you can you can get to heaven by uh, all these other different religions, and that all the religions are really just pointing to the or all the religions of the world are just pointing to the same person. What three hundred and some religions? I think four hundred religions that we got in the world today. I mean, there's so many you can't even name them or keep up with them. Another one comes up. It seems every time a new document comes out, all the different uh, all the time, and all of them are supposed to point this one uh, to, to the one God that everybody can put their faith and trust in. And listen, that's not. Truth. My Bible tells me that Jesus said, uh, my Bible tells me that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. And if we and, and, and we as a people in these last days, they were in the last days then, we're in the latter last days right now. And I tell you what, if we 
Uh, if we don't be careful to understand that there is a, that we're living in the world, and you can honestly see it uh, today, even that much more so than 10 years ago and 20 years ago and 40 years ago and 50 years ago, that this world, is, it seems like it is just spiraling in a, uh, in a sea of religious ritual activity that has taken men straight to hell. And, and, it's doing, and the devil's doing everything he can to cause so many distortions of who God is and, and so many distractions and so many ways where you got a sign pointing here and a sign pointing here and a sign pointing there. But listen, all these signs that are, that, that are that, listen, there's only one that's pointing to heaven and that's the Lord Jesus and all the other ones are pointing to a devil's hell. But the devil has so many so many distractions out here today uh, that are that are pointing people in a different direction and uh, and a distorted view about who God is and so and so Cain he thought that he could come to God his own way do his own thing but God wasn't accepting of it and you know what happens whenever uh, Cain we'll get that later when Cain decided to bring his offering up before the Lord. I wonder as he was on his way, as he was setting up and getting everything ready, I wonder if he was sitting there thinking, I really hope God accepts this. Or was he on his way setting everything up with a rebellious heart, getting ready to offer it to God, knowing that God would accept it because he knew what the right way was, but he didn't do it. What was going on in Cain's heart and what was going on in Cain's mind as he was preparing to, to offer this, uh, this offering of the fruit of the ground. And we can see here in the text that not only did he have this distorted view of God and, and this, and he was distracted by this other, the other, by these other ways, this, this way of the world in essence is the way of his own pride. But I think we can also see there in, there in the text, especially down there in verses four and five, what happened whenever his way wasn't accepted. The Bible says, And Abel he brought out of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. Listen, when we try to when we try to live when we try to live like the world and try to offer to we try to offer to God the world. Listen, God's not uh, God doesn't God's not interested uh, in us trying to offer us worldly things to him. What is, it, what is it that God's interested in? God's interested in the souls of man. God's not interested. Listen, God already owns everything that there is. And he's not interested in us trying to offer him the, the worldly things. What is it that he desires? We can see there, I think here in the text, that he desires for his people to be obedient and, and, and to do that which he asked. But Cain went in his own way. And there in verse 5, we can see that whenever a man gets out into the world and he becomes uh, uh, prideful and he becomes envious in his heart and he becomes covetous of, uh, of other people that what begins to happen is he is not accepted and, 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 when, and when the world is not accepted and when people that are living like the world and for the world when they are not accepted for what they are bringing to offer what happens well they do the same thing he did they get angry they get mad he brought his offering up before God and he brought his offering up before the Lord and uh, God wasn't pleased he wanted to do it his own way, and God wasn't pleased with his own way. And whenever his way was not accepted, when his worldly way was not accepted, when his prideful heart was not accepted, Cain got mad at God. And the Bible says he got mad and he got angry. But you know what's so interesting? He didn't get, 
It's like he got mad at God, but he took it out on his brother. He didn't say, he didn't, the Bible doesn't say anything about he got mad at Adam. Don't say anything he got mad about uh, to Eve, his mom. Don't say anything about that. Uh, but we can see that God, the Bible says, he had no respect to Cain's offering. And so Cain was so envious of his brother that his brother was doing right, that his brother was living right. So you know what he did? He turned on his brother. He turned on his brother and he became envious. And the Bible says there in verse five that he was very wroth. And so we can see his distorted view of God whenever he was living like the world and, he, and his doctrine and his theology became corrupted. He was distracted by another way that I can live for God and do it my own way. And, and when he found out that God would not accept that, he became angry and the Bible says he became very, very wroth. And listen, that's what happens when, uh, when we are not accepted. We become angry and become filled with anger. And that's exactly what happened to Cain. He was, he was filled with anger and filled with uh, wrath, the Bible shows us there in verse 5, because God did not accept his sinful ways. The Bible says in verse uh, 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? Now, we can see there in verse 6, a man, God's compassion that he was having on Cain, but, uh, but not only do we see a distorted view of God, we can see he was distracted by another way. We can see his disturbing, uh, his disturbing countenance there, that it was very wroth. Uh, but we can also see there in verse 6, we can see, man, God pouring out his compassion there in verse 6. He's coming to Cain. He desires for Cain to get his heart right. He desires for Cain to come out of the world. He desires for Cain to understand that, listen, don't spend so much time with the devil in essence but uh but man come out of that it says there in verse seven if thou doest well shalt thou not be accepted it wasn't that god was being difficult it wasn't that god was being hard god was showing compassion god was trying to reach out god was doing everything he could to reach out to cain but cain was placing himself in a position that his heart was so hard that he would not, when God was lifting his hand down to try to grab a hold of Cain, the, uh, Cain was in essence shooing God's hand away. He was living in a state of rebellion and and there in verse 7, God with this heart of compassion was reaching out to him. And he said, and he said, uh, and if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire and that shall rule over him. And, and there in verse 7, God doing all that he could to reach out to one that he loved. Why? Because he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance, even despite the fact that Cain was coming before God uh, in a sinful way, even despite the fact that there was so much disrespect as he came before God knowing what he was supposed to do, but he did not do it. And, and, and listen, as I said before, we live in a world today uh, that is a, has a distorted view against God. They are distracted by so many other ways to get to heaven. And you know what happens when the, when we, when, when, the, when the truth comes out and we tell this world, listen, verses like I just shouted a minute ago that, uh, that the Lord Jesus said that, there's, that there was only one way to heaven and that was through him. Listen, all the other religions of the world, they don't want to hear that. The devil, he don't want to hear that. The lights of other churches across America, they don't want to hear that. And what happens is, is whenever you shout verses like that, they become angry in their heart and they do not like the fact that there is only one way and it's not their way. Uh, but, uh, uh, but the case is, is that there is only one way to heaven, and that's what the Lord Jesus said. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Uh, but the religions of the world, they don't want to hear it. The world we live in today does not want to hear that. Uh, you've heard me say this before. You, lift, you, you open up the, 
You open up the, uh, uh, the newspaper, if anybody even has one of them anymore, or you look at the comments, you know, you look at all that stuff, you know, and, and, and everybody in there that passed away last week or passed away today or all the all the obituaries that are in there, everybody's on their way to heaven, everybody's already made it, everybody's going there, but listen, that's not the truth. Not everybody made it to heaven, and not everybody's going that way, and, and I know it sounds good and it sounds nice to think about everybody's there, but listen, I dare say that most of the ones that we're probably reading about are probably nowhere near heaven tonight. And that's, and that's sad because I desire and wish that they would be, but the Bible tells us, even the Lord Jesus saying himself, that, uh, that narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it, but broad is the way that leads to destruction and many be that go in thereat. God said himself, the Lord Jesus said himself, there's more that are dying and going to a devil's hell than they are going into the gates of heaven. And so God there in verse 7, reaching out to Cain because he does not desire for him to continue down this path that he is going. God reaching out with a compassionate heart. But Cain had got himself into such a place in his life. Got himself to such a place in his life when his heart was being darkened. And there in verse 8, the Bible says, And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And so there in verse 8, we can see the very first murder taking place. We can see how, we can see how, uh, uh, Cain, he rose up against his brother to slay him in the, in the heat and the, and the hate that he had. And so not only did he have a disturbing, a disturbing countenance, uh, but he, in verse 5, we can also see that it led to a deepening hatred. And this hatred was, leading up against God's people, leading up against Abel because Abel was a righteous man, because Abel wanted to live for God and Abel wanted to do right uh, do right by God and he wanted to be obedient to the Lord, but there was a world out here, there was a, Cain was out here, energized by the devil, energized by the demons themselves that did not want Cain to follow God, did not want Cain to live for God and wanted to use Cain as a tool to cause as much harm as possible. And so there in verse eight, we see that he rose up up against his brother and the Bible says that he slew him and so we can see this deepening hate. Listen, whenever we step away from God, Cain's dark day began, actually Cain's dark day in my opinion began long before, long before he brought this first fruits of the ground unto the Lord there in verse 3. There was a change that began to take place in his life. The Bible says there in, even in verse 3 and in process of time. Uh, it was over this time period that the devil was working in Cain's heart and, uh, and working in Cain's life and doing everything he can to distort his, his, uh, his image of God and distort who God was and, 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 and to distract him about uh, uh, different ways that he can approach God. I mean, he did the same thing with his mother. And so now here he is doing the very same thing with, with, with Cain. And Cain now has slew his brother and so the further we see that we step away from God and the more we go in that direction, we see this deep hatred that begins to form in his heart against his brother. And Cain's dark day 
turned really serious on this day. And there in verse 9, the Bible says, And the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And so when we see there in verse 9, I think not only do we see uh, there in verse 8 this deepening hatred that, he, that, that Cain had towards that which is righteous and that which is true and that which is obedient to God, but there in verse 9 we can see his, uh, his dissension there against God. There in verse 9, when the Lord began to speak to him there in verse 9, notice how he responds. The Lord Lord said to Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he says, I know not. For one, he was lying. And then the latter part of that verse, he says, am I my brother's keeper? There he was. In essence, we would call that being smart. Does that make sense? Just being smart. I don't for one think that he probably looked at God and said, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? I don't think for one he probably said it like I think, I think probably when God looked down from heaven and God began to speak to him and he said, and he said, where, where, where is Abel, uh, where, where is Abel thy brother? And I think when he said, I know not, of course we know that was a lie, but I think when he said, am I my brother's keeper? I think he said that in a condescending way against God. He was angry against God. And he wanted nothing to go, and he had no problem trying to lie to God. But that just also goes to show you how sin corrupts our wisdom. You know, the Bible tells us that Satan's wisdom is corrupted. And the reason why his wisdom is corrupted is because for whatever reason, it seems that he thinks that, uh, that uh, maybe there's still possibly a chance. Maybe. I don't know. But I can tell you this. Whenever we read the scriptures and we can see how God is moving in, uh, in our world and we can, and we, and of course we understand how everything's going to end God's people. We know that without a shadow of doubt that God's going to give us the victory that we will remain with the Lord Jesus in heaven for all eternity. We, we know that. We are sure of that. But the Bible tells us that, 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 that Satan's, that, that, that Lucifer, that his, his wisdom has been corrupted. And listen, he will uh, also corrupt sin, will corrupt our wisdom. And the Bible says, And the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And so we can see that dissension against God. Now watch it now. And we put all this together. We go back to the very first truth that begins with this distorted view of God and doctrinal theology and corruption. And then we become distracted by this other way and understand in verse 3, this is a process of time. It's not all happening in one day, but this is a process of time. And so we get this distorted view of God and who God really is and what, what is God really about. And, and so our doctrine is, we're doctrinally flawed. We have a, a, a theology that's all messed up. It is corrupted. And then we become distracted by all these other ways to get to heaven. And because, and, and the reason why that happens is, is because now that our doctrinal theology is all messed up, we begin to look around and see what else is out there. And all these other religions of the world, they're all trying to, they're all trying to point to either the God or themselves or, or to something else. And people are standing around thinking, well, which way do I go? Which direction do I turn? And, and that's exactly where the devil wants them to be. He want, the devil wants people to be in a place where they'll look around and not know where to go, where they'll wander around and be confused in their life and not know how to get to heaven. To where they're uh, tossed to and fro, as the New Testament says in his word, about the false prophets that would come onto the scene. And so there, so here in the text we can see, he says, am I my brother's keeper? We can see his dissension against God. So when we become, when we have a distorted view of God, and we are distracted by another way, 
When that way is not accepted, what happens is we have a disturbing countenance that comes upon us, which means that we become angry and we become wrathful because our way is not accepted and we want to get there our way. Everybody wants it their way. And Cain wanted it his way. But then when that way was not accepted, and he began to look around at other people, and when he began to look at what was accepted, he had a deepening hate for that which was righteous and that which is true. And so he rose up in hatred against his brother, and he slew his brother. And then he was in total dissension against God, lying against God. And there in verse 10, the Bible says, and he said, what hast thou done there in verse 10? And the voice of thy brother's blood crieth to me from the ground. And then I want you to notice what happened. The Bible says there in verse 11, and now, this is God speaking. The Bible says, and now, listen, God wasn't going to wait. He says, now art thou cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thine hand. When, 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 thou, uh, when thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. You know what's so remarkable about that verse 12 is it goes completely against, it goes, it goes right with verse 3. Because what does verse 3 tell us? What is it that, uh, what is it that Cain loved to do? He was a tiller ground. And whenever he sinned against God and done what he did, what is it that God took away from him? That which he loved. He took away that which he loved. When he walked away from God, and he slew his brother, and he was in, in dissension against God, and he, and he was uh, had uh, no desire for really any kind of worship the way it was supposed to be done, being disobedient to the Lord directly, even after God had had compassion, and even after God had tried to reach out, and he continually went in the way that he wanted to go for his own self, and his own prideful, evil self. There in verse 12, we see it goes right with verse 3. We see what Cain desired. We see what he loved. We see what his passion was there in verse 3. And in verse 3, he the Bible says that, it, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. That's what made him happy. That's what he wanted. That's what he desired. And there in verse 12, when God cursed him, there in verse 11, the very first thing that God took away from him is that which he loved. That which he desired. That which put a smile on his face. That which he offered to God in to, to begin with in the first place. And God took that away. And God cursed that which he desired to bring before him. An ultimate way for God to show that, listen, that which you desire to bring to me, I do not want it. To so much to the degree that I'm going to make sure that no matter how hard you work at it, it doesn't give you anything. Wow. Something to think about. Because listen, even in our day, listen, I think we've got to be careful even in our day when we walk in the way of Cain and we have this attitude against God, let us be careful and understand that God can do the very same thing with us today. Amen. Can take away that which we love. Can take away that which we desire, that which we desire to, uh, that which we look to, that which gives us strength, that which that that which we that which we cling to in our life and idolize perhaps in our life. God can use that very thing and take it away from us. 
And the Bible shows us here in verse 12. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee or strengthen a fugitive. Watch this now. Not only did he lose that which he loved, not only would the earth no more give up its strength, not only would he be a man that could produce the fruits thereof of the ground, but the Bible said, a fugitive and a vagabond thou shalt be in the earth. So not only did God take that which he loved, not only did he end up with nothing there, but he lost his family. He killed his brother and he was under a curse from God. And then there in verse 12, we can see that he, the Bible says he was now going to be a fugitive and a vagabond. What is a vagabond? Well, it's one that just kind of wanders around, just a wanderer. Just throwing out all that out there to get us to see this. And listen, when we walk in the way of Cain, what is what are the signs that are leading to go in the direction that Cain is going? For one, it's going to be a distorted view of who God is. We're living in a world today when churches today don't even know who God is. Churches today don't even know who God is. We're living in a society today that, uh, that is distracted by so many other things, distracted by worldly things, distracted by their own selves, and distracted by, as I said earlier, so many different ways to get to heaven, and uh, distracted by materialism and all the other things. We're so distracted by so much stuff. People are confused about what direction to take. And then we get angry because our way is not accepted. And then we feel this, then this deep hatred comes into our life and we're descending against God and our heart becomes darkened. And there in verse 12, we can see that that which we love is taken away and then also that we become a fugitive and a vagabond. I can, I can tell you this, there in verse 12, I imagine Cain probably never thought that whenever he came to the Lord on that day that he would end up in verse 12 like he is. But people think, well, I'll just go live out here and do my own way. I'll just do my own thing and, you know, and, and, and I'll be okay. But then you know what happens? God, to get their attention, he takes away that which they love. He takes away that which they try to put before him. He takes away that uh, which, which, which gives them joy in, in their life. For what purpose? Sometimes I think, yes, for judgment. But maybe sometimes God does that with people just to, to put them in a place where they'll look to him. Amen. And there in the text, people think they can just get out here in this world and do what they want to do, live how they want to live, and, and just expect God to take and expect God to be okay with it. But there in verse 12, we see that now his, he has now become a fugitive. He's now become a vagabond. He's, now, he, he, he's, become, a, he's become a wanted man. He's become a person that, that people do not like. He's become a person that, uh, that is now a wanderer of the earth. He, he at one time, he had a home. At one time, he had a purpose. At, at one time, he had a family. Because the devil moved in his life and convinced him in a process of time that all he had to do was just go in this direction. He distorted his view of God and he and all these things just began to fall in place and fall in place over a process of time to where now he is a, a vagabond in the world. Kind of makes you think about the Kind of makes you think about the um, the prodigal son where he left his father and went out into the world and spent all that he had on riotous and licentious living. And the Bible says he came to his senses and came back, and that is not what Cain did, though. The Bible says, and there in verse 13, and Cain said to the Lord, because notice what happened. Notice how much this meant to him. When God took away 
what he loved. Notice what Cain said. My punishment is greater than I can bear. See, he never thought about the consequences. See, the devil don't want you to think about the consequences. Just act or react on your impulse emotions. Just allow yourself to boil over and allow yourself to stew on it. And the devil makes a beachhead in your life until you blow up one day. And, then, and, you, and, you, and you just do mass carnage in whatever it is that you're doing. And now here we see that he has lost everything that he has. He is now a vagabond in the earth. And there in verse 13 he says, My punishment is greater than I can bear. But I can tell you what in verse 13, he hasn't seen nothing yet, unfortunately. If he thinks this is bad, he has no idea what hell is all about. And there's a lot of people in this world that are not thinking about the consequences of their decision. They're just living life and they have this distracted. They're distracted by so many different ways to get to heaven. Distracted by all these different things in their life. And have this distorted, confused view of who God is and how to get to heaven. And the devil's doing everything he can to, uh, 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 to stop that. The devil's doing everything he can to bring this deep hatred against God's people. And, and dissension against God. And darken the hearts and minds of the people of this world for the purpose to, to bring them to a place to bring them to a place where we see Cain there in verse 12 where they have lost everything that they have and they were a vagabond and wanderers in this world to bring them to a place of misery there in verse 13 when he cries out to God and says my punishment is greater than I can bear doesn't seem to me like following himself and following the devil got him very far but there in verse 13, Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass, everyone that finds me shall slay me. Now, let's go to verse 16 so we can hurry for tonight. The Bible says, watch this now, And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt, on the land, and dwelt in the land of Nod, on the east of Eden. Now it's talking about the location to where he went. So there was not necessarily people there. It's talking about the location that he went. And of course, whenever he did go there and he did build a city, who did he take with him? He took his family, members of his family with him. He would have taken some of his sisters and he would have taken some of his, some of his other siblings with him. Which goes to show us this too. can to do today to divide churches and to split them and to tear them apart and rip them open he does everything he can to 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 destroy families and destroy marriages and to destroy lives i mean the bible says jesus said himself the devil he came to steal kill and destroy and he is very actively doing that and has been from the very beginning and so here we can see that whenever cain left you know what he did he took members of his own family with him and completely decimated nearly Imagine how heartbroken Adam and Eve were. I wonder how many times they thought about themselves reaching up and grabbing hold of the forbidden fruit. I wonder how, I wonder how much guilt they possessed in their life as they seen all the carnage and destruction that the devil had brought to their family. And understand, there wasn't millions and billions of people at that time. 
The devil don't need a whole lot to work. Just one willing person. You know, the Bible says one sinner destroyeth much good. Just one. Whoever it is that's willing to be willing. And that is who the devil will use. And the Bible shows us here, he, he, he went out from the presence of the Lord. Man, I, we can definitely see where, man, you get out from the presence of God, your heart's going to darken that much even more. And the Bible says in verse thirteen, uh, verse 17 that Cain knew his wife. We see all the kids that he had there. But notice what happens when you get to verse 19. As this city begins to build and, and, and this life begins to, uh, this, uh, his family, which begins to, uh, uh, to build up in, in the land where they are, and they are completely against God, away from God. Notice what happens in verse 19. The Bible shows us where he has a great, 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 great grandson whose name was Lamech. And what is the very first thing that is destroyed? The home. The home. Because that's what the devil wants to do, destroy the home. That's what he tried to do with Adam and Eve. He tried to, he tried to, he came between them. And then whenever they had Cain and Abel, what did he do? He came between that family. And then, and then as they had other kids, and this happened between Cain and Abel, and Cain slew his brother, what happened? Well, he took his brothers and sisters with him, completely furthermore destroying the family. And this sin just had a snowball effect. And it was getting bigger and getting bigger and getting bigger and growing and growing. And as Cain went out and as people began to dwell outside of the presence of God, so to speak, there in verse 19, we see this civilization growing up uh, that is absence uh, from the presence of God, figuratively speaking. And the Bible says that, that, that shows us in verse 19, the very first thing that was destroyed there, and that was the home. Sexual sin, the destruction of the home. The Bible says in verse 19, Lamech took unto him two wives. And nothing's changed. I mean, we're still living in a day such as that in the sense that, listen, the devil is still out to destroy home. He's still out to cause pain and misery. He's still out to destroy and distort what God's view of marriage is. I mean, for crying out loud, people don't know what they are anymore. I mean, we don't know. I mean, we're got, I mean, folks, they don't know if they're men. They don't know if they're women. One day they're this. One day they're that. They're he, they, she, it, whatever. I mean, it is impossible to keep up with. The devil is bringing confusion upon the hearts and minds of this world today. And he's been doing it ever since the book of Genesis. And it's just snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. And the further that we get away from God, we see the further breakdown of the family. And in verse 19, in verse 19, the devil continues to break down the family inside this, uh, inside this, uh, this, uh, inside the, uh, this, these people that are building their lives outside of the presence of God, figuratively speaking. And Lamech took unto him two wives. The Bible shows us there in verse 20, and Ada bare Jabel, and he was the father of such as dwell in tents and as, and as have cattle. And his brother, his name was Jubal, and he was the father of all of such handle the harp and the organ. And Zelah, she also bare Tubalcane, and instructed a very artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubalcane was his name. And now understand that verses 19 to 22 are telling us what it is that they prospered in. But understand this too. We got to understand that they're in verse 19. What I, I mean, they're, they're in verse 20 when it starts talking about Jabel and who he was. The Bible says that he was the father of such as dwell in tents and have cattle. Listen, in that time, in that day, that was 
possessions. I mean, if you had cattle, you were it. If you had cattle, you had all those things. That was the worldly possessions of the world. And what is it that he desired to have? The worldly possessions of this world. That is what he desired. That is what he, that is what he lived for. That is what he, that is what he went for. The Bible says in verse 20, uh, he was a father of such as dwell in tents and as such as has, as has cattle. Possessions. Listen, we're living in a society today that is so materialistic. We have to have this, we gotta have this, we gotta have this, and we gotta have that. I mean, a possessional materialistic society is what we're at tonight. The Bible says as such as dwell in tents. You know, tents is, a tent is something that is, uh, it's not fixed. It's not. Uh, it's not. It's not permanent. It's something that's always moving. It is something that is. You take it. You put it down one day, and you take it up the next day, and you move somewhere else. I mean, it seemed like he was living a life that had lots of possessions, but he had no firmness and stability. He was here one day, there one day, there one day. You know, my Bible tells me in the Book of Psalms. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of unrighteousness. You know, the difference between a house and a tent. A house is something that's permanent. A house is something that's going to be there for all time. A tent is temporary. Listen, his possessions were temporary at best. And he was a wanderer. He was a wanderer from one place to the next. It may seem like he had a whole lot, but he had no stability in his life. And there in verse 21, the Bible says his brother's name was Jubal, and he was the father of all as such as Hamlet handled the, the harp and organ. I mean, uh, we see here that, man, he was a, a master of music, so to speak. And I'll tell you what, what the devil is well. A great orchestrator he was. Listen, the devil's in the music all the Man, he, he was in the, the devil was in the music then. The devil's in the music today. Now, of course, I didn't watch it, but I'm sure you saw it just as well as I do. It was plastered all over the news about what was going with the Grammys. You know, I don't even watch, I don't even watch that stuff. But, of course, it comes out on the news and you see it. And you're like, okay, well, what was this all about? And, 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 and it appears of this short clip of the video that I watched that you got these guys up there that are, I think they're, uh, whatever, binary, not, I don't even know, non-binary. What does that even mean? I don't even know. But they get up there, and they get up there, and, and, and they don't even know what they are. The one They said he was, one, one, one minute he was gay, one minute he was this, and then one minute, then the next 18 months later he was this. Anyways, they get up there, they dress up, they dress up in, uh, in, in these clothes that, that, that are demonic and devilish, and they're making fun, making fun of God, making fun of a place called hell. But let me tell you something, they can do all they want to, just like Cain did. He said, this, is, this punishment is greater than I can bear if these folks don't repent and get themselves right before God. There's going to be an almighty God in heaven that they're going to stand in front of one of these days. And they can stand on the stage of this world today and they can mock it and make fun of it and they can, and they can do all that kind of stuff and make fun of the Christian faith and drag Jesus through the dirt. But I tell you, one of these days they're going to stand before an almighty God and the Lord Jesus is going to look down right at them and they're going to be begging for their life and they're going to be begging to have one more chance and one more opportunity. But the Lord Jesus is going to look at them and say, Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. And I don't say that with joy. I say that with a broken heart. Because there's lots of people today that are going to die. They're going to go to a devil's hell and they're watching this stuff out there on that television set. And Hollywood's pumping that mess out. And all these young kids are being so distorted about who God is. So distracted about how, how, how do we get to heaven with all these other different things. And, and I'm telling you, the devil's running rampant in our society today. Darkening the hearts and minds of men. I mean, this very man and many others. I mean, absolute dissension against the God of heaven. Heaven, dividing 
is what the devil seeks to do, and that is what he's actively doing today, destroying the home. And there in verse 21, we can see moving in this, in these folks. Verse 21 is handle the harp and organ. Verse last one there in verse 22, And Zillah, she also bare Tubal Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubal Cain was Nabah. And so we can see that he was an artificer of brass and iron, almost like a blacksmith, so to speak. And there in verse 22, we understand the blacksmith, in essence, if that's what we're really talking about, which probably is, can make all different kinds of things. But you know what we also see? We see war and we see violence. He would be these folks that would make inventions of things that would destroy and hurt and cause pain. And all throughout this family, all throughout these families from verse 16 all the way down to verse 23, what do we see? We see polygamy. We see sexual immorality. We see worldliness. We see hurt and pain. There in verse 23, notice what happened. Lamech, we'll stop with this. Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding. The second murder that we see takes place in the Bible was all within this family. This, this family unit that had gotten away from God and was out of the presence of God, figuratively speaking, was filled with violence, worldliness, sexual immorality, and they worshipped themselves. And when we get away from God, these are the things that happens. We have a distorted view of God and who God is. These are the things that happens. And then we are mad at those that still want to follow God. We get angry at those that want to do right. And that's what Cain and them did. Of course, you know the rest of the story. You keep on reading and you get on into the book of Genesis and you see that things got so bad that God had to bring a great flood. The Bible says the hearts and minds of man was evil. Their imaginations was evil continually. To even try to fathom what that's like is amazing. But you can see as we are going in the direction that we're going today, how that can be easily be said. And what does the Bible say in the last days? The hearts of many grow cold. Let's pray today. Father, we come tonight. We thank you so much, Lord, for your blessings today. God, I, I'm thankful that I have a people that will sit here and just listen to your word, even though I've been preaching for a while. God, I appreciate their patience. And oh Lord, I, we, we just... We need help in this world in which we're living in. God, we need help as a church to, to make sure that we can be a light to each other in, in this world. and Lord, uh, that we can be a place that will that'll always be a, a place of truth. It will be a place where people can come to hear the true words of the Lord where there's no distorting of who you are and there's no confusion about how to get to heaven. But God, that we'd be a people that does everything we can to be the salt and the light of the earth that you've called us to be, to do everything we can to lift up your son whom you said that if he be lifted up, you draw all men to himself. 
Lord, that we just do everything we can as a church and, and, and all the ministries that we have just to point people to you because we are living in a, in a dark time. But even though we are living in a dark time, we still know, God, that your light still shines. doesn't mean that we're without hope. I still believe firmly with all my heart, just as I've witnessed in my own personal ministry, not just last year, but in even years before that, seeing you work in the hearts and lives of people. And Lord, even though we do live in a dark day, there is, still, there is still light that is shining. There is still a remnant of your people out here today that are doing what they can to tell people about you. And Lord, I pray that you'd use every single one of them. God, I pray you'd build a hedge of protection about them. God, help them to serve you and live for you. And Lord, that you'd help them, uh, Lord, to, uh, to demonstrate uh, your power in their life and to be a light to a lost world. And God, I pray you bless us tonight. And keep us safe as we go home. Give us a good week. May you bring an opportunities our way where we can be a light to other people's life. And all this we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.